time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Princess Di, if ever the world needed your wisdom, we need it today. If ever I needed a calming influence from Her Majesty, I need it today. Your highnessness, your lovelinessness, your beautifulnessness, and everything goodnessness. I am so sick of these freaking Republicans. I don't know what to do. (laughs) I'm so glad. Thank you, Sir James. (laughs) You are letting your fellow Republicans in our country down. How dare these? How dare them? Oh, well, I have to wait till my music finishes here. Okay. I mean, because this is... This is your final chance. This is your final chance to give us money. This is it. Let me tell you, it's even worse than you say, because they ran this same message about two years ago, and they were soundly criticized. Everyone had the same reaction you did, and they appeared to apologize for it. But now they're running it again. And there is absolutely no innocent explanation. There is no excuse because they really did get slapped on it from verbally from people saying, how dare you exactly as you have. I got to bring to you another story, which is related, because I think you cannot hammer these official Republicans enough in the in the party. Here's an NBC News story. This is from yesterday. Trump is sitting on a fortune. Republicans want it for the midterms. These are anonymous Republican officials, part of the party structure, who are mad at Trump because he has raised $110 million, and they are looking at this as theirs. They cannot believe people have made the choice to send money to Trump. And they didn't send the money because of these messages they're getting by email. They didn't send the money to the Republican official sources. And so now there is this resentment. There is this fury from all of these little greedy Republican fundraisers because Trump has been successful and people want to send him money because we support him. So you should read that article. It is infuriating, mostly anonymous sources who are basically entitled in their minds to the money that Trump has raised. Now, I'm going to just carry, you know, I had a discussion about this fundraising stuff with Mark Stein the other day, and he's just as infuriated as I am. On the Democrat side, these guys are rolling in money, so much so that they can buy $6 million mansions at the drop of a hat and spend money on whatever they want, on letting criminals out of jail on doing all sorts of things. On our side, we spend money to make consultants rich, and that's what yes. we do. And then and then to get insulted by these people. And then when Donald Trump comes along and raises money, now they stick their little greedy hands out from it, when in that greedy little hand before was the knife that they were plunging in Donald Trump's yes. back, these same exactly people. Exactly right. Exactly right. And their attitude in that fundraising letter that you read is exactly they hate Republican voters. They can't stand us. And that bleeds through in their communication to us. They would like to trade Republican voters who are mostly Trump supporters for a whole different category of people. And so all of that, they sit around and they talk to each other and they complain to each other. And then they write fundraising letters like the one you read. 
They need to talk about who needs to be changed, and it's the structural Republican Party. Not only the state parties, the national, the House, the Senate, all of those fundraising apparatuses, they need to have new blood. I will tell you this, um, and I will not mention the person's name because I don't want to get him in trouble. He was a very, very high-ranking official in the party who told me last year that our fundraising apparatus in this party is like, quote, unquote, the mafia. And I'll just leave it at that. Yep, now, I believe it. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, the little peppermint patty, she's, she's not happy because, uh, <laughs> because Governor Abbott in Texas has said, you know what I'm going to do? We got all these illegals coming through here, and we have, by the way, another surge that is unbelievable. This is predicted by our own Todd Benzman from right. our On the Border podcast to be the single biggest surge ahead in American history. In one year, we may have, if the numbers hold, up to 6,480,000 illegal immigrants pouring through the borders. And unbelievable. Saki is is mad because Texas Governor Abbott is saying, "Hey, we're going to charter some buses and send some of them up to D.C." What do you? <laughs> well, that is what he said. Uh, he said this on Wednesday, and on Thursday, Saki was hot under the collar about it because she was asked about about Ducey, who is the one. A reporter who asked her tough questions, she was asked to respond to this uh, Greg Abbott uh, decision to bus him to D.C. And she basically said, how dare he? He doesn't have the authority. This is a publicity stump. And then DeSantis, who also had said a similar thing a few months ago, chimed in and said that he was going to reroute these illegals to Delaware. <laughs> and, and so the interesting thing is it does turn out that she has a point, is that the buses that Abbott is talking about, these illegals will have to voluntarily get on the Texas buses rather than the federal buses, which they've been getting on. So she is right in that he does not have the authority because only sanctuary states have the authority to disobey federal law. <laughs> they don't have the authority to obey federal law on their own. So, you know, any states that are trying to obey the old federal laws on immigration, they get smacked down by liberals. So that, yeah. that is just a little irony. But the, some of the other things that he said he's going to do, he, he does have the authority to do. He is not only going to bust these volunteers to D.C., he's going to have enhanced public safety inspections of vehicles coming across from Port of Entry, which love. is going to slow things down. He's going to deploy boat blockades on the Rio Grande. He's going to deploy razor wire at low water crossings, and he's going to create container blockades, which are, you know, big containers put in the, so people can't get around them to cross in the river. So those things he can do. And of course, they got no publicity. So the one thing that he probably isn't going to be able to do effectively is to put illegals on buses because they're already being flown everywhere in America. They're not going to get on a Texas bus. Now, I want you, uh, if, and I'm sorry, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. You sent me a, a clip this morning that took about a half an hour to go through. But this is the primary witness that actually 
when Rudy Giuliani, our very own WABC's Rudy Giuliani, uh, was uh, had access to the Joe Biden laptop material, he passed it on to this gentleman who is now in 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 where uh, Sweden or somewhere Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland Switzerland for fear of his life. And this yes. is an excellent um, interview. I don't want to go through it. Maybe we can tomorrow. But I just wanted you to tell people where they can find it. Well, the Conservative Treehouse, which is one of the best websites uh, that I follow, there's a, an anonymous uh, blogger called Sundance. He put up the interview. So it is on the conservativetreehouse.com today. And the title is Primary Witness to Material Within Hunter Biden Latas Says Active Two-Star General Has Warned Him He's, His Life Is at Risk. And so this is a, a half or 20 minute interview, and it goes through what he has discovered, how much still is unpublished and what the steps he's had to go through. There's there's gigabytes of more like tens of thousands more emails that have not been made public yet. And so his contention is that that's the reason all of a sudden, quote unquote, the New York Times and the Washington Post have started admitting that the laptop is in fact genuine, where they had been lying about it, calling it Russian disinformation for all of these months after the New York Post publicized it. And so he is uh, convinced, and it makes sense, that the only reason that the Washington Post and the New York Times are suddenly getting honest is because he has made it clear that he's going public with all of it. He's making the searchable database, and all of this is going to be available, except for the things he doesn't want to publicize, which apparently there's child porn and child trafficking evidence that he does not want those images to go public for obvious reasons. And he's asking the authorities to please look through those. He doesn't even want to look through them. He wants the authorities to come in and look through that material, which again, looks like it could be child pornography on this laptop. And child trafficking. He specified that, which is horrific. So that to me sounds like an about to break story, but you know, a lot of forces are going to keep that under wraps if they can. Yes, a lot of about-to-break stories never break when Democrats have a chance to stop them from breaking. Interesting how that turns out. Well, tomorrow you and I will discuss, among other things, uh, this article that's in Politico. Democrats have a new organizing strategy they think is going to save their tuchuses from the the horrible campaign projections uh, this year. So we'll talk about that, among other things, tomorrow. When Wonderful. we resume this discussion, my dear, thank you for calming me down. I'm, I'm dying, <laughs> Princess. I was living. Right I, I have lost. I, I don't want you to calm down. I love it when you're passionate because you're so right on this. I lost my mind when I read this. I'm like, who are these idiots? Why would these idiots send something like this out? And why does it end up in my inbox anyway? <laughs> I hope they hear about your your passionate monologue. Thank you, Princess Di. We'll speak with you tomorrow. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Bye. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Back again. If you want to join the discussion, 800-848-WABC, 848-922. And we're coming right back. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. 
So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.